and pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Another edition of the Employment Hour here. The number, as always, to call. Lines are open 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. one 225 talk A lot of stuff to cover uh, Cover off tonight. Mall Frere, let's go and uh, get it happening right away. I'll give you details as well in a little while on the severance pay calculator. Find out exactly what your severance number should be. First, though, we always start with the week that was. Brother, how are you? Hey, John, thank you very much. I'm doing great and uh, happy to be back here and to talk about employment law in the employment hour. And hopefully we can get some uh, people asking some questions so we can solve some of those workplace problems, those nagging issues that happen uh, when something goes wrong at your job. Maybe your job is not the same job you had yesterday and it's changed. Or maybe you didn't get paid the overtime that you were supposed to. Or really you're wondering if you're actually an independent contractor, you lost your job. Whatever it is, call us. Let's chat. Let's make sure that uh, those problems are solved for you and anyone listening. And to get us uh, revved up, let's talk about a couple of situations that I dealt with over the past few days. First matter, John, involved a gentleman whose matter I resolved uh, just before the weekend. And uh, with him, he had uh, accepted a job uh, that paid him reasonably well. He applied for a job. He was working. But like many people, he wanted to improve his position, improve his salary, and accepted a job that looked promising. Very good salary, you know, good benefit plan, and he thought he essentially found his dream job. So once he accepted the job, he quit his job, and, you know, they throw him a nice party, but he said goodbye, farewell. Now, literally three days before he was supposed to start working, on the Friday before the Monday he was supposed to start working, he gets a, 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 an email from the company saying, please call us. He did. He called his the boss that he was supposed to have, and he said, this is horrible. I'm so embarrassed to say that, but it looks like the U.S. never actually approved the position. This was a company that was headquartered in the U.S., and they had to get authority, and unfortunately, we can't hire you because we, we don't have a final proper approval for this position. This person was distraught. He said, but I just quit my job. I have a family to support. You can't do this to me. We're sorry. We're sorry. Nothing we can do. Well, that's when he called me. And what I told them, well, well, this is nonsense. They told you you had a job. It was their obligation to tell you, uh, to, to make sure that they do their homework and not offer you a job until they're supposed to do that. They knew you quit a job uh, to take it. So now there's legal consequences for mm-hmm. them taking, uh, taking the offer off the table. Well, for him, we resolved this matter on the basis of six months pay, about $50,000. And John, this is a, a gentleman that never actually worked for the company. But there's a lesson here, and I've seen this happen actually over the past few months a few times, where someone is, has their offer taken off the table before they start working. Maybe someone changed their mind or didn't get approval or the budget changed. Well, you can't do that. You can't mislead individuals to have them take a, take a loss or have them quit their job and then take the offer off the table. If you do that, there's repercussions, there's consequences, uh, and it can be very significant, John. What else you got going on, my brother? Well, John, the other matter uh, I'll tell you about, uh, another one of those harassment uh, issues. Uh Well, uh, in this situation, uh, this young lady called me. She had worked in a small company, and the owner of the company, who was her boss, had recently asked her out. Uh, She was a bit uncomfortable with that, but she very politely said, thanks, but no thanks, I'm not interested. And she thought that was it. And, you know, John, asking her out in and of itself, is not necessarily a big deal. It's probably not the best idea to ask uh, out someone that's working for you, but put that aside, it's not illegal. Well, what happened, though, after she said no, John, is this person now all of a sudden, I guess, was upset, so he started mistreating her. 
he now excluded her from meetings. He was rude to her. He kept criticizing her. He gave her a bad performance review literally two weeks after this happened. And before that, there was no problems. <laughs> and it was very clear to her that he's taking out his frustration of being rejected on her. That's when she contacted me and she said, I can't go to work anymore. This is unbearable. Is this allowed? Do I have recourse? Well, John, this is a form of, of sexual harassment. The, not the fact that he asked her out, but the fact that he mistreated her because she had the audacity to reject him. You uh -huh. can't do that. That's illegal. That's improper. It can also be a reprisal. So this, uh, we treat, we're treating that as a constructive dismissal. In other words, the work environment has become poison. She can get out of there. We're going to get her compensation and severance. So I want our listeners to understand that uh, you, you, you shouldn't be put in an uncomfortable situation. You don't have to uh, you know, be afraid that if you reject someone's overtures, you're going to be punished. You're going to be penalized. They can't do that. That's a very basic thing. Any issues, any problems, you just give me a call. Uh, by the way, the uh, lines are wide open. We're uh, getting some phone calls lined up. Would love to hear you tonight. Right up to around 10 to 8. It is 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and one triple eight two two five. talk That number, by the way, is completely toll-free. Mention it off the top of the show. Give me some details. Severance Pay Calculator. Love this thing. Well, John, if you uh, or anyone that you know lost their job, if you're concerned about losing your job or just curious, there's an easy, free, uh, accessible, and anonymous way to find out exactly how much you're owed in seconds. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Again, SeverancePayCalculator.com. You find out exactly how much you're owed, whether it's a, a six months pay, 24 months pay, or anything in between, and I promise you it's a lot more than you actually realize. Don't let anyone tell you it's a week's pay per year service or two weeks. All those things are wrong. Just go to severancepaycalculator.com. Find out. Never, ever sign off on a severance offer without doing that. If you do that, you'll find out you've lost tens of thousands of dollars. So check out severancepaycalculator.com and give me a call. That number, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com as well. We'll get to uh, Michelle first call tonight. Uh, good evening, Michelle. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? Good. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Um, so I am currently in a position with a large company, and I have a dual position. So I do one position, position A, and one position, position B. And I'm looking to uh, basically step down from one of those positions. There's no formal documentation that says how much notice I'm required to, um, to tell them. So I just wanted to know what was fair and reasonable for my employer. Great Smart. question, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, this is, to me, all about not burning bridges and being fair and, and trying to maintain a relationship. Now, from a legal standpoint, if you don't have an agreement that says how much notice you have to give, then there's no obligation specific into a, into a amount of notice. The law doesn't necessarily specify a number of weeks that you have to give. So really what it is, it's what's reasonable in the circumstances. The more senior a position you have, the more notice you would be expected to give. You know, the more difficult you are to replace, the more notice you're expected to give. Now, de depending on your situation, unless you're in a, an extremely unusual position where there's gonna, it's going to be months to, to, give, to, to find a replacement, usually two to four weeks notice is the standard. Two to three common four is very, very generous. Okay. Uh, I, I would not give less than two weeks notice. And one of the things you may be able to do is simply consult with the company. Say, I'm happy to give you uh, two weeks notice. If you think you need more, let me know. Or if you think you don't even need the two weeks, let me know as well. So let the company participate in that discussion. Uh, but if you simply want to give a note, amount of notice, two to three weeks is the most common. 
I just feel like they haven't really been looking to fill the position. Um, so that's, and they're having a hard time filling it. It's a front of uh, house position. It's nothing supervisory, nothing senior, senior base. So, so yeah, I, I certainly think that you, if it's supervisory, you're probably closer to the, the three, maybe four week. I would certainly not do less than three if you're, you're in a more senior position. But okay. uh, and, but you may want to consult with them. You said, do you need a few extra days? You know, if you, they need a few extra days, once you give them notice, you may want to work with them to maintain that relationship. But usually if you give three weeks notice, you're, you're almost never going to be wrong with that. Okay, perfect. Thank you very cool. much. Thank you, Michelle. Appreciate uh, your call. Moving forward, you need to get a hold of Lior, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. If you haven't caught the show yet, Employment Hour in 30 happens on Global TV. It's uh, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. It's a beauty. We're going to be doing that again this weekend. Looking forward to that. The worst times, Lior, for an employer to terminate employment. I'll go through the list. You can elaborate on each one as we uh, go down here and get to more phone calls. When an employee asks about taking a disability leave or comes back from a disability leave, not a good time. Not a good time at all. Now, you know, in terms of the worst times to terminate employment, I'm pretty sure that anyone that has had their employment terminated without them expecting it probably felt that was the worst time. And it's probably never a good time to lose your job unless you really, really hate the job. Uh, But there are some times when, from a legal standpoint, for the employer to actually try to terminate employment would just be a huge mistake for the employer because it creates additional liability and it gives the employee additional entitlements, other damages that they may be owed. And a classic example of that, one of the best, is what what you just said, that uh, to let someone go when they are asking about it, taking a disability leave or when they're coming back from a disability leave. And that's because our human rights legislation makes it very clear that you cannot penalize someone, you can't fire someone mm-hmm. in any way related to their medical disability, to the fact that they want to take a disability leave or because they are on a leave and, and you don't want them back, you cannot do that. It's illegal. Now, I want to make it clear. That's true even if the employee is off for a long period of time. So even if the employee's now been gone for three months, six months, 12 months, two years, does not mean the employer can let them go. And I have seen situations where the employer lets someone go because they're saying, well, I'm going to have knee surgery. I expect to be off for a few months. Just wanted to give you the heads up. A day or two later, they're, they're gone. Can't do that. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. So not only if the employer does that, would the employer have to pay severance? That's a given. That happens in every case. But the employer would also have to pay potentially human rights damages, damages for letting someone go in a discriminatory way because of their medical condition. So what, regardless of that medical condition, the disability, an employer cannot let you go. And if they do, there's definitely going to be repercussions. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, one 225 talk to call into the show, ask Leo a question. You have something that you've been scratching your head over for many years. When it comes to your job or severance offer or your job in general, give us a call here to around 10 to 8. To answer those calls, we're talking about the worst time for an employer to terminate employment. And uh, this one's a good one, too. When an employee makes inquiries about overtime pay, maybe vacation, pay stuff like that oh gosh john and and i've seen this and every time i've seen this it really makes me shake my head and i ask you know really an employer is actually doing that but yeah employers have done that i've seen it happen many times and 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 it's wrong so if you're owed overtime and you knock on the boss's door and say yeah you know boss I, i realize you didn't give me my overtime or i've been working all these overtime hours i haven't been paid well you're fired or you know 
maybe it's the next day. That's illegal. You can't do that. The Employment Standards Act couldn't be clearer in saying that that's a reprisal. That's illegal. An employee not only has a right to, to whatever rights they have to, to enforce their rights, but they also have a right to ask questions about those rights, be it overtime, vacation pay, statutory holiday pay, minimum wage, whatever it is. If you're asking questions about it or, or even demanding those payments, you cannot be penalized. There's, a, there's a, this dome of protection around you that says that if you're let go, man, oh, man, is that employer going to be made to pay? So that's a worst time. One of the worst times for an employer to let someone go, don't do that. And if you're an employee, you should always have the confidence to enforce your legal rights. You shouldn't be worried about penalizing. And you know what? Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes you think you may be owed overtime, but you're not really. But right. just by asking the questions doesn't mean you can be let go, even if you're ultimately wrong. You cannot be let go. So you can ask for overtime when you're not owed overtime. Your employer can't punish you for that. So if that happens, you give me a call. I can make sure that uh, we resolve the issue. It is help at employmenthour.com, 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of Lior and his team. We'll take our first short break here. Phone lines are open. Lots of time for you to call in, ask your questions, make your comments as well. Here to the show, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell or one 225 talk That number is toll-free. It's the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio. It is 724 on your Monday evening. We'll go to around 10 to 8. Your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one Triple eight two two five. Talk. That number is toll free. And if you haven't got a hold of uh, Lior before at the office, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred as well. We also do employment hour and thirty. That happens Saturday mornings, ten a.m. here on Global TV as well. Lots to get through. Lots of viewing. Lots of radio shows for you to catch up and get this stuff in your head. It all concerns your workplace where you spend most of your life. Right. We're talking about the worst times, Lior, for an employer to terminate employment if the employee is working on a fixed term agreement. But that hasn't ended yet. Right. And, and, you know, this is a situation where it's not illegal to let the employee go. It's just probably a bad time because it's going to cost the company a lot of money. So here's what I mean by a fixed-term agreement. Fixed-term agreement, as the name suggests, is an agreement for a a specified period of time. So it's for one year or two years or six months, a specific period of time. Most people, when they're hired, are hired indefinitely. But some people are hired for a fixed period of time. Now... What happens if the company wants to let you go before the end of this agreement? Right. So you were hired for a year, six months into it, they want to let you go. Well, they can, except the company has to pay you the balance of the contract. They have to pay whatever's left on it. So if you were hired for a year and they let you go over six months into it, they have to pay you that six months. If there was a year and a half left, they'd have to pay you that. Uh, I recently settled a matter where someone was owed another two and a half years pay uh, because they signed a three and a half year agreement and they were let go after a year. So for a company to let someone go on a fixed term agreement that's working on a fixed term agreement before that agreement has already ended, it costs a lot of money. Now, how does a company deal with that? A company can put in what I call an early exit clause something that stipulates what they would have to pay them if, in fact, the, they let the employee go before the end of the contract. A lot of companies don't. So I want those folks listening to us right now that may work on a fixed-term agreement or have worked on a fixed-term agreement, if your company lets you go before the agreement expires, before the end of that contract, give me a call. We want to make sure you got everything you owed. Uh, it's not as uh, simple at that, at that point as assuming, well, I was let go after six months. I only get the week's pay. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Call me. Let's find out exactly how much you're owed. We'll get to a call now. Got uh, Diane on the line. Hi, Diane. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging in. How are you? 
I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. What's so? Uh, what's your concern? Um, well, it's not really for me. It's for my spouse. My spouse has been off on LTD to a number of um, surgeries and stuff that he's had, as well as a, a physical. He's worked physical labor his whole life. So he works for. Uh, he's a union guy. He works for a large municipality. He's been off on LTD for a couple of years now. They kind of um, let him off, brought him back, told him he didn't have any more time. You know, a whole bunch of different things have, have happened. This is probably a lot longer than a, a phone conversation. But um, the challenge I have with them right now is that they keep pressuring us to, um, he's being paid by the employer for LTD, and his, his benefits have been cut off. So he's still being paid LTD, but now they're pressure, uh, pressuring us to um, apply for ODSP, apply for CPP disabilities, so on and so forth. And they kind of have sent us a bunch of letters. Some got not open, which is our fault. But I asked them to send me the whole package, and now they're kind of threatening that they're going to cut us off. They've given us too much time. Um, you know, if the doctor doesn't file, well, in this day and age, getting your doctor to fill out paperwork in a week is unheard yeah. of. Good like we're talking, we're talking four to six weeks, but they're saying that, oh, we've asked you to do this since December. You know, you put us off saying that you couldn't do it at that time. Right. So there's a lot of different things going on. But the other part of this is I spoke to a friend of mine who's an accountant. My husband's first injury should have been a WSIB injury. Right. But because he has an impediment, um, a learning disability, he did not want to report it as a WSIB for fear of the paperwork and fear of how the municipality has treated other people with WSIB claims um, because they're not they're not super friendly. They get you behind closed doors and then they let loose. And, and they don't. So l- l- let me cut you off only mm-hmm. because you're right. This is probably more than yeah, we a can lot longer. discuss on the air. Mm-hmm. But l- I'll say a couple of comments. Yeah. Uh, certainly, I- I'm not feeling. Uh, very good about uh, how the insurance company is dealing with this. And usually when they put all this this pressure, or the, the LTD, I mean, uh, it's a sign that they may be looking or thinking about cutting uh, cutting your husband off. So right. what I want you to do is I want you to reach out to my office uh, once we're off air or, or during the week. Uh, we I have did a leave team a of, already. Okay, good, because we have a team of lawyers that deal exclusively with, with long-term disability, and they can help you with that and, and, and get them off your back or at least advise you as to how to deal with that. Now, with respect to any problems directly with the company, it has to be the union and only the union that helps your, your husband if there's an issue. And, and and your husband can also consult with the union as it relates to WSIB. But I'm happy to talk to you more off-air so that we can do this justice and, and I can understand exactly the situation. But since you've already left a message, we'll, we'll call you back as soon as possible possible and, and, and take the time to uh, discuss this with you. Diane, appreciate uh, your call again. 1-855-821-5900 is that number. Help at employmenthour.com. Another call. Get to uh, Joanne. Hey, Joanne. Good evening. Hi. How you doing? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? I'd just like to know if the chief supervisor is allowed to get uh, overtime. Uh, so a chief supervisor, I mean, I, I take it you mean someone that has obviously supervisory responsibilities, people that report to the supervisor? Yeah. Okay. So, so someone that's in a managerial position that has managerial responsibilities is exempt from overtime. What I mean by that is the law doesn't make the company pay this person overtime. Now, if there's an agreement in place, an employment agreement that says you'll get overtime after a certain amount, uh, amount of hours, the company has to abide by the agreement. But if there's no agreement, then no. Otherwise, the law stays out of that uh, and no overtime has to be paid. Okay, so if they've already started paying me the overtime, they have to continue. If they've started paying you overtime, 
uh, then if they all of a sudden decide to stop, that would be a change to the terms of employment. And yeah, that would be generally something they're not allowed to do. So they may be doing something that they weren't required to do, but once they do that, they can't just say, well, now we don't like it anymore. Now we don't want to do that anymore. So you're, you're right. If they've paid you and that's become a term of employment, they can't just change that, uh, Joanne. Okay, great. All right. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Joanne. We appreciate that. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Another number is one triple eight two two five. talk That number is toll-free to talk to Leo right to about uh, 10 to 8 on the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. Again, uh, Global uh, TV will catch the Employment Hour in 30 on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. We were talking about before that, Leo, the phone calls, the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. This one, going to give it to you again. We've been doing it for five years, but we just want to make sure people understand that when an employee announces a pregnancy, that's with a P, a pregnancy, or comes back from maternity leave, hands off. Right? Well, you know, we really don't shouldn't have to go on the radio and say that because yeah. it should be obvious. But, John, I, I wouldn't be sitting here and talking about this on the radio if it was obvious and if I didn't deal with these situations literally daily. So so it's not as obvious as we would like it to be, but yeah. you cannot, should not under any circumstances let someone go penalize them, mistreat them, threaten them, whatever it is, because they're pregnant, because they're going to take a pregnancy leave or parental leave. The same thing applies to fathers, by the way. You cannot do that. It's one of the most basic and fundamental concepts of employment law. You know, pregnancy is sacred, and, and from a legal standpoint, uh, pregnancy leave, parental leave is sacred. You can't do anything to an employee. Not only can you not penalize them, you have to hire the employee back after the leave at the same job, at the same pay. I had a case just last week when the person was uh, was not brought back, and the company said, well, you don't have your job. Well, they didn't have the job because they gave it to someone else. They hired yeah. someone new. Well, you can't do that. It's illegal. That not only is that obviously something that entitles the employee to severance, but it also uh, obviously entitles the employee to human rights damages, potentially other damages for reprisal. So it's really a whole bunch of wrong and illegal things that a company does. So please, if you're in that situation, understand that your employer has done something very wrong, something that the employer is not allowed to do. Give me a call and let me uh, put their feet to the fire. A little sidebar to that one for any employers that are listening. You say, you know, you can't just uh, tell this person they don't have a job because the position has been filled. While that person is off on a mat leave or paternity leave, they have to fill the position so they get someone to do it. Do they hire that new person saying, you know, by the way, this is this is a fixed-term thing because the person who really owns this job is coming back? Is that how they Absolutely, handle it? yes. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Because that that's they have an actual obligation to bring that person back. So, so you can hire someone, and employers do, either on a fixed term or as a, a mat leave replacement. Uh, absolutely. And, and listen, maybe at the end of it, you may decide to give the, the, the new person you hired another job if you like them. But it cannot be at the expense of the person coming back from maternity leave. You can't decide, well, we hired someone new, we really kind of like them, so we're not going to give you your job back. Can't do that. It's probably the only time where the employer's ability to run its business is, is being limited by employment law. Uh, so you can't do that, shouldn't do that in, in any way. Uh, and if the employer does do that, then, yeah, there's going to be some significant financial yeah. consequences.
416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, 1-888-225-TALK. That's the number to call in tonight. Ask Lior any questions you want about your employment, your severance, your job overall. Also talking about the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. Another one is when an employer raises harassment allegations against a boss or even a co-worker for that matter. Can't let them go. You can't do that. And, you know, we've been hearing a lot in the news in the last few months about workplace harassment and, and uh, sexual harassment. And certainly an employee has the right, and, and I would say the obligation, is if they're being harassed, mistreated, to raise that as an issue, to go speak to someone, to tell your employer, the employer, fix this problem. Someone's mistreating me. Someone's harassing me. There's now a poison work environment. I want you to fix this. I want you to investigate and take measures. And that then triggers an obligation on the employer to investigate, to look into this, to ask questions, maybe even bring someone from the outside to investigate and ultimately fix the issue. What the employer cannot do is let the person go because they may think, well, you know what? It would be just simpler if I didn't have to deal with this at all. So I'll just let go of the person that made the complaint. Can't do that. And if there was ever a time you should never do that, now's the time when you should not do that. In light of the the current uh, mood out there with sexual harassment, we've now established that that's unacceptable. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Uh, You cannot uh, be harassed and you cannot be penalized. You cannot be let go for having the audacity to raise harassment obligations. You have a right to do that. It's in a statute, it's in our common law. Our courts have said that. And if your employer lets you go because of that, uh, yeah, again, significant, significant financial consequences, John. I want to find out where your severance should should be anytime, severancepaycalculator.com. You can do it on your tablet, on your iPhone, on your Android, on your desktop, severancepaycalculator.com. Talking about the worst times for an employer to terminate uh, employment. This happens all the time. I know we've had calls and you get people calling you at the office all the time. A lot of the time it's in a sales position. That is to get uh, let go right before an employer that employer is due to give them a large bonus or a commission payment. Yes, and again, it's probably not something well, something that should be obvious that you can't do, but believe it or not, employers do. So the employer may owe the employee some money. Maybe it's a bonus that's become due or maybe a deal closed and they owe the employee commission. So what does the employer sometimes think in its infinite wisdom? Well, I know what to do. Let's avoid paying this uh, by, by letting the person go. We have a right to let someone go, and so let's do it. Well, yeah, you may have the right to let an employee go, sure, but you cannot do that as a way to avoid paying the money because guess what? You're still going to have to pay them the money, and you may have to pay them additional damages because of your bad faith conduct. So it's just a very bad idea. It's bad business, and it also sends a, a terrible message to your other employees because guess what? They're looking, and they're going to realize... Well, why should I work hard? Uh, because if I'm successful and I make money, I'm going to be let go because I, before I get paid. So that's a, just a terrible idea for the employer to do that. And if the company does that, uh, it's probably not going to be a good company. And, and again, not to mention that there's going to be some additional uh, damages that may be owed to the employee that was let go in that way. Worst times for an employer to terminate employment. Uh, this is another good one as well. Right after you've reduced the employee compensation or get them a new, sign a new uh, employment contract, right? That one's uh, another sneaky one that you see all the time. Oh, absolutely. So let me kind of set the stage. Uh, an employer may say, okay, employee, uh, we need to reduce your pay. Uh, business is, is struggling. Uh, employee may say, well, I'll be the good soldier. I'll take that mm-hmm. pay cut. Well, and guess what? Now the employer turns around a week, a month, whatever it is later, and lets the employee go. Say, well, you know how we reduced your salary from uh, uh, 50000 to 40000 
now the severance we're going to pay you is going to be based on that 40000 uh, because of, that's what you're making. So it's a sneaky way to, to save money. The other sneaky way, probably even worse, is to have the employee sign an agreement that limits their entitlements and then turn around and let them go and say, hey, you signed this agreement, now we're going to let you go on that basis and, and uh, pay you a lot less severance. If an employer uh, has an employee sign an agreement in bad faith or, or reduces their compensation in bad faith, then that's illegal. They can't do that, and there could be some damages flowing from that. Uh, the law is smarter than that. If you know, if it looks fishy and, and it smells fishy, it's probably fishy. It's probably mm-hmm. wrong. So employers should be very careful to try to save money uh, by by using sneaky tactics and to try to reduce their severance obligations by having employees sign agreements or reducing their pay. Uh, it, it's wrong, and there could be financial consequences uh, and, and legal ones. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, 1-888-225-TALK. That number is absolutely toll-free if you haven't caught it Saturday mornings, 10 a.m., employment hour at 30. On global TV, you're on all sorts of media. You are uh, practically the king of all media, my friend. Uh, you know, it used to be Howard Stern, but now it's uh, Lior Sanfiro. It doesn't roll off your tongue, Lior Sanfiro, nicely, but you get used to it. No, your, your condo's not as big either, trust me. He's, he's, <laughs> no, he's, it's not. He's doing all right down there in New York. Uh, I want to talk about hiring new employees as well before we uh, get to the uh, last few minutes, about 10 to 8 on this show. What can an employer ask uh, about an interview or in an interview that is considered, quote-unquote, taboo? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, employers sometimes get this wrong, and sometimes, you know, it could be for for innocent reasons, but an employer really cannot ask questions during a job interview that have to do with protected grounds. What I mean by that, an employer cannot ask questions about uh, someone's uh, medical conditions, about uh, whether someone is intended to, intending to have kids or take maternity leave, or, you know, about someone's racial background. Why? Well, because, first of all, it's not relevant. Right, someone's racial background yeah. is irrelevant to the job. Someone's uh, plans to have kids is irrelevant, and not only is it irrelevant, it may suggest that the company is trying to discriminate against them based on those grounds. So you have to stay away from any questions that may raise the potential of human rights or discrimination allegations. Uh, and, and if you don't believe it or not, you could face a human rights complaint before you even hired someone just based on questions during a job interview. We'll bounce over, take a uh, call here. Chris, uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Very good. Thank you for taking my call. Okay, I'm a self-employed, full-commission salesman that I receive a C4A uh, from the company I work for. Now, as I understand it from a Revenue Canada's perspective, I'm considered self-employed. I'm not an employee of the company. So if I'm terminated, uh, am I entitled to severance? And again, commissions owing, and uh, when you sell in my business, I would get a commission at the time of sale, but then there's a lead time for installation of mm-hmm. products, and so you get balance sure. commission in the yep. purchase. The other question was on WSIB, because because of the laws for WSIB, because I'm not considered an employee of the company, I'm self-employed, I should not be subjected to their w, the company's WSIB classification in charge, which... WSIB, I called them and said, well, we don't care if Revenue Canada doesn't consider you to be an employee of the company because all your income source comes from one source. We consider you to be an employee of that company, and you're mm-hmm. subjected to the, the rulings on that okay. company. So, Chris, let me ask you a couple questions. Uh, that's the only place you work for, right? That's correct. And you work full-time? That's correct. And for how long have you been doing it? Uh, I've been doing it for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Uh 
I'm about three years. Okay. So, so Chris, I know guys in the company have been there 20, 30 years. No, I get it. The only reason why CRA considers you to be a contractor is because they haven't audited you yet. Okay, that's the only reason. Mm-hmm. Because in if they have, they would have concluded in about 30 seconds flat that you're actually an employee. And not only would CRA consider you, you to be an employee, the law in general would consider you to be an employee. Uh, remember, if it was as simple as just say, well, I'm going to get a T4A, it's very easy to, to get a T4A. Anyone can do that. Then everyone would be an independent contractor, right? Why would anyone be employed? We would all be self-employed and then filing taxes or self-employed and you know we all make a lot more money. It doesn't work that way. So you're actually going to consider to be an employee and, and if you're ever audited by CRA, you may have a problem. But your question to me was about severance. Yeah, if, if they let you go, they'd owe you severance. Of course they would owe you severance because again, as I said, the law would consider you to be an employee. And three years, depending on your specific job, I think you're probably in a sales job and your age, it could be as much as six months pay if that happened today. And the longer you work, it could be much more than that. So yes, the WSIB is right. And you're probably an employee. If you look like an employee and act like an employee or an employee, it doesn't matter how you file your taxes. But I'm not filing my taxes because this is the way I feel I choose to file I, I get it. This is the I way I'm it. filing it as I understand it to be. I understand. You don't have much of a choice. That's how the company is doing it. But guess what? If CRA ever audits you, uh, they may not necessarily fine you. They may fine the company, but they still will ask you for back taxes because they'll figure out, well, you've been getting all these deductions that you weren't supposed to. You know, you can speak to an accountant about that, but I can tell you from a legal standpoint, Chris, you're considered to be an employee. And this is a very common situation. John and I have talked on the show with many people in that case where, where they've been treated from sometimes for many years as contractors. But it's just, it's ultimately, it's a ticking time bomb because the law considers you to be an employee. Chris, uh, moving forward, you need to get a hold of the or You can do that. It's 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. Really appreciate your call. Uh, Sen, how are you? Good evening. Oh, good, thanks. Good, um, what's going on? A, uh, quick question. A um, um, friend of mine is uh, going through employ- uh, applying for a job. Um, realized they were pregnant after they started the whole application process mm-hmm. and wondering if it's too risky for them to continue with that application. Um, is it any easier for an employer to let somebody pregnant go in the probationary period? Because they're going to obviously find out within that period of time. It's a great question, uh, Sen. And, and, and the answer is that the laws apply exactly the same way to, to a pregnant employee, whether it's on probation and, and uh, otherwise. For the company to let uh, your friend go during their probationary period when she's pregnant, they would have to be able to prove that the, the decision had absolutely nothing to do with her pregnancy. That's going to be very tough to do if they just happen to find out and shortly thereafter they let her go. So I, I don't think she needs to worry about that only because the law says the company can't do that. So she has no obligation to tell them now. Uh, she can go and apply for the job, and when she is ready to tell them, whether it's in a month or six months or whatever it is, she can tell them at that point, uh, and they can't penalize her. It doesn't matter if she's on probation or, or not. Uh, she has that protection still available to her. Okay, so they can't just be like, you're not the right quote-unquote fit. Yeah, good luck with that. No, if they did that, just so happened to coincide with when they found out that she was pregnant, yeah, that, that wouldn't pass the smell test, not even close. So no, they cannot do that. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, you know, kind of dovetailing off that, what can an employee do if they feel they're not hired for an improper reason, whether it be race, pregnancy, you know, their skin color, whatever? 
Well, obviously, the first thing, you got to get some legal advice. We have to talk and, and understand why you feel that way, how we can establish it. Uh, you know, is it just a hunch or do we have something more concrete? Ultimately, if, we're, if we feel strongly that you were not hired because of a prohibited ground, you weren't hired because you're a woman or because you're going to have a baby or because you're a medical condition, your race, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If one of those things apply, well, then what you can do is we can file a human rights complaint. Uh, and the human rights code here in Ontario says you cannot let someone go. You can't refuse to hire them because of a prohibited ground. And certainly if you've been interviewed and you were asked inappropriate questions, like I was saying before, and then you didn't get the job, well, you know, it's starting to look like it could be a human rights violation. Uh, oh, you know, you're planning on having more kids. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm planning on having more kids. Uh, oh, okay, great. And then you don't get the job. Well, first of all, a question like that is inappropriate. It makes it seem like you are not hired because you're going to have kids. You shouldn't be uh, treated in this way. So, yeah, there's recourse in a situation where you didn't get hired for improper reasons. Give me a call. Let's talk about it. Let's see how we can establish it. And if we can, we can uh, absolutely do something about it. As we wrap, I'll just ask you one more thing. An employee on probation got the job. Are they entitled to severance if they lose that job? Yeah, well, an employee that's on probation uh, doesn't get severance only if there's an employment agreement that specifically says that the company can let the person go during the probationary period without severance. Only if the employment wow. agreement says so. Probation is not automatic. It's not assumed. It has to be a creature of the employment agreement. And sometimes the employment agreement says you're on probation. That's not enough. You would have hmm. to say you're on probation and during that period of time, which, by the way, can't be more than three months, during that period of time, we can let you right. go without compensation. If it says both of those things, the answer is you can be let go without compensation. Otherwise, you get severance even during the probationary period. Good stuff for another evening. We'll wrap it for a Monday night. We're going to be back in here Wednesday at the same time. And, of course, our weekend shows and Employment Hour in 30 on Global TV. That happens Saturdays at 10 a.m. We are all over this like a hobo and a ham sandwich. All your employment knowledge is right here every week on the Employment Hour. We're going to wrap it for tonight on point with Alex Pearson's coming right up on Global News Radio.